Hello, everyone, and welcome to So What Happens Next. I am one of your hosts, Thomas. I'm Amber. I'm Patrick. And this week, we are kicking off our Mobster May Marathon. With a bang, it's Goodfellas. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You shit-kicking, stinky, horseman-horse-smelling motherfucker, you! So say goodnight to the bad guy! You don't understand, I could've had class. I could've been a contender. I'm gonna make him an offer, Captain. Carry that stink of the streets with you the rest of your life. I like the stink of the streets. It makes me feel good. I like the smell of it. It opens up my lungs. I want you to get this fuck where he breathes. I want you to find this Nancy boy, Elliot Ness. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his house burnt to the ground. I want to go to the middle of the night. I want to piss on his edge. Say hello to my little friend. All right. So, how you doing today on this fine May evening, morning? Whatever it'll be when we release this episode, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> doing good. How about you? I'm I'm doing all right. I'm I'm kind of ready to dive into this whole mobster thing. You know, I'm I've not been a large mob aficionado as far as film is concerned. So my brother is very much, but I just have been very on the peripheral end of what that's like. Joining us though, again, I don't remember. How long it's been, I guess, what, two, three episodes, <laughs> is our good old buddy Patrick. How's it going, man? It's going. I'm excited for this. I'm a big fan of the mobster mafia genre. Our first one, Goodfellas, is probably my favorite one. Yes, oh. more than The Godfather. It's just because I think I grew up with it first, mm. and that was my first introduction into it. Yeah, it's my understanding. This is a this is a different film than The Godfather, which spoilers, I guess, for the very very end of the episode. That's what we got going on next week, but we'll talk more about that later. Um, is The Godfather? But yeah, this is sort of the the other mob movie, if you will, as far as like the type goes. So let's jump in to those five things here. As usual, I went and very sporadically almost in a feverish like jerking rage uh scrambled to find five things on this movie without spoiling the film for myself as i have not seen it um and what you know what we do on this show is i go ahead and i go through these five things and the three of us talk about them and we decide to make up the movie however uh you know we think it goes Patrick, however, though, has seen this film, so he doesn't get to make up his own uh, <laughs> idea because it'd be cheating, but he does get to critique our thoughts on what this film is about, and I picked some vague-ass shit, so number one, <laughs> number one, as usual, I went with the uh, director of this film being the auteur himself, Martin Scorsese, so such films as uh, The Wolf on Wall Street, for instance, you know, he directed them, big deal kind of guy, uh, so, he's got a lot under his belt. Raging Bull, Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver, Mean Streets, The Departed, which is also That's the Irishman, right, yeah. latest, his latest mob one. You like steak? I don't. I deliver steak. But yes, this film is directed by one Martin Scorsese, so we're talking, you know, heavy hitter guy here. This, as I mentioned, is sort of the other 
kind of mob movie trope that you start to see, obviously, following this film, where it's sort of, I called it the narration style mob movie, where to the, the my, my, I will preface all of this right now, that my extent <laughs> to knowing what I think this movie is about is based almost exclusively on an episode of Community, where they sell chicken, um... And it's done in, they make a note to tell you it's done in a similar fashion. So this film is like narrated by the main character after the fact. So it's him telling a story to you as opposed to, you know, events unfolding before you as they happen. A la, I believe The Godfather is like a straight narrative as opposed to this, which is more like biographical. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to know I'm right. I'm glad Patrick is over here. To me. Yep, you're right, Thomas. Like you're, you're you're getting good things. It's not bullshit. <laughs> um, it was a little tough because like mob movies seem like they're one of those things where when you start getting into the weeds of them, you start spoiling them for yourself. So I try to like keep back as far as I can. However, I couldn't resist this tagline, which I added in as our number three thing. The tagline for this movie when it came out was shooting people was no big deal. So if that's supposed to set the frame of how I guess this movie is going to go down, we're probably going to shoot a fuck ton of people. I'm just going to throw it out there. Tagline, shooting people was no big deal, end quote. So, you know, we'll see how that unfolds. Number four is this is probably one of the most parodied mob flicks you'll find, I think. Um, the Godfather has its tropes. Like, I know of some, but this movie I think is like, if you watch The Simpsons or something like that, you're going to see this more than The Godfather, probably, in just tone and kind of that aping its style. So if you could think of, I guess what I mean by number four here is that when you think of like a parody of a mob movie post-1990, it's probably this film. And number five is that this movie released in 1990 dead on. So to put the reason I put that usually... And these lists is guys either A, I ran out of good things to find, or B, it sets kind of a tone for what was going on in the world culturally. So think about your 80s movies, think about your 90s movies. We're right on that threshold between the two. You know, it's the difference between Back to the Future 1 and Back to the Future 3. Like, that's what we're looking at here. So, Amber, you got your five things. You know it's a mob movie. Tell me what's going on. I have no clue. <laughs> That's good. That means you get to make up something crazy. I think that, well, based on the five things, I think it's obviously centered around money or, you know, some okay. type of thing that's going on. So, like, possibly power, like a power struggle between, like, two families or two groups or whatever. And... The plot twist is she's just going to say the plot to Romeo and Juliet, except it's called Goodfellas. Dang <laughs> it. <laughs> Which they already did, Amber. It's called Romeo plus Juliet. Same movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, but no. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what's going to happen. I think it's just going to be your like your typical mob story. So how this guy has like, you know, grown up like being in the mob, I guess. Mm-hmm. And... Judging from, like, being produced in the 90s, I feel like we're going to see a lot of, like, dark colors, a lot of contrast. Oh, okay. So you're getting like cinematographic that. with it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so a lot of grunge, maybe. Okay. Um, 
So a grittier kind of type. Yeah, like a grittier type of film, uh, which I am looking forward to, especially with the tagline. I think that <laughs> <laughs> especially your accent. I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's really hard, like based on, you know, the five things that you gave me as to what's going to happen. It's like tough. It's, like you said, it's Vegas shit. Yeah, so. it's Vegas shit five things for this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Patrick, criticisms, thoughts? Any criticisms. Any like I'm not I don't want to say anything because yeah, yeah. it's such a big movie to me, but I will go off and say, you know, who's in it at least. So right. maybe that might help you guys. So we got Ray Liotta, yeah. Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, Lorraine Bracco, and I guess the last big one is Paul Sorvino. Mm. Yes, that's uh, Ray Liotta of Wild Hogs fame. Wild Hogs. And uh Joe yes. Pesci of Home Alone Two Lost in New York fame. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's probably two relatively minor roles for these people. I was going to say Ray Liotta of the B movie. Is Ray Liotta in the B movie? Yes. Bullshit. He is. Yeah. I will be looking this up after. They make I'm fun sure of him. he is. Yeah, they make fun of him what because he like, you know, obviously the whole point of B movie is like, oh, they're taking like the honey away. Yeah, yeah. And so he plasters his face on a bunch of honey and they're suing him in court. They're suing the... We might need to just do B movie one day because this sounds Sorry, insane. That was so off tangent. Up until now, I thought B movie was complete fantasy film. I didn't realize that they are actually suing the real life Ray Liotta. If you're wrong, I'm going to be no pissed. because they say, "Hey, like that's Ray Liotta or whatever," and uh-huh. that's all I know him from. I've never uh-huh. seen him in like anything else. My my. Well, it's not the only thing I've seen Ray Liotta in. <laughs> My claim to his fame was Wild Hogs, which is probably far worse than B-Movie. Um, okay. And yeah, Joe Pesci is one of the wet bandits. He's the louder. The short one. Yeah, the short one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. short one. Yeah. yeah, so you know who Joe Pesci is. Oh, so it might actually be funny. Or is it more serious? Yes. Okay. No, there are there are okay. there are funny parts, and it would be really upset. I'll be really upset if you guys don't find some parts of it funny. Oh well, we can't disappoint Ooh. Patrick, so we have to laugh at everything. <laughs> I don't care what it is, laugh at everything. I feel like I'm disappointing Patrick already. Like my lack of like knowledge on mob movies besides Snatch, which is like my all-time favorite movie. That's, but that's not really a mobster movie. Like it's kind that's of like a gang. It's like a gang movie. Yeah. In the quiet words of the Virgin Mary, come again. Well, as for me, taking, like, bouncing off of Amber's criticism, kind of cheating there, and uh, getting, like, not trying to avoid what she's doing, I feel like this movie is going to be, I don't really know how to answer it, other than, like, I think in tone, Maybe this is just because that's how I feel like it's culturally presented. But I think this is like Martin Scorsese's answer to The Godfather. Like, this is like, The Godfather is this thing. Because I think The Godfather comes out in the 80s. You know, it's this big deal, thing, 70s or 80s. And it's like, he would have kind of grown up in his career sort of with that, right? Like, he's doing, uh, his bigger movies are like late 70s, early 80s. And then you end up here. And I feel like this is sort of like my... If I'm Martin Scorsese, this is my attempt to pull off what's being hailed as one of the, the greatest movies of all time, right? Like, The Godfather's up in that at least top 25 type list. Yeah. And I feel like Goodfellas is, like, his 
modern take, the Clint Eastwood to John Wayne type of thing, right? Like, let me reorchestrate what a Western is in this, like, grittier kind of tone. Not that The Godfather's by any means tame, but that it's not that classed up kind of thing. It's like, let me show you the real grit. Like, this movie to me is men in suits beating the shit out of people, whereas The Godfather to me is a little bit more classy. Like, I'm hiring hit men to do some shit, whereas this yeah. one's like, I'm doing it myself kind of type stuff. Like that I think as far as what this movie's about based entirely off community then we're the ones with the chicken it's like a mafia movie as far back as I can remember I always wanted to be in a mafia movie cool um I think it's dude our main character whoever's narrating this film I think it's definitely like what Amber said like it's a sort of weird pseudo coming of age mobster movie biography deal so it's like this dude's gonna start where he's like kind of just getting into it and then it's going to probably fast forward a good bit. Like, that's your cold. Like, if this movie has a cold open, the cold open is, like, dude as a kid. Next, you do title card. Then you go into your film, which would be, like, him kind of in it. And maybe, like, just skirting those upper echelons of this mob group to where he's, like, kind of in the know. Like, he's got some power. And then they give him, like, you know, okay. Like, in community, it would be, like, okay, you're going to run the chicken scam or whatever right so he's running like a casino or some shit I don't fucking know and like um, you know it, it's it's sort of his it's kind of just following the wild ride of his like first foray into really running one of these scams or something or yeah. these businesses and all the crazy shit that goes south and backwards and upside down throughout it and I would not be surprised if there's like at least one of the three people on the poster is killed by our main character due to some shit that happens like no doubt that sounds very like wolf on wall street to me because you have this guy he's like winning big and everything and then obviously something happens that kind of like you know propels him forward from like being just a static character with like everything basically to almost nothing i think this is going to be less i'm winning big and more like hey look at the let's just quote unquote reality of this world like Oh, I thought it was all glitz and glamour because I always saw the bosses, you know, strolling around in fancy suits, just getting drinks for free money for whatever. It doesn't matter. And then once he's in it, it's not that you don't have. I'm really hoping that Scorsese can really nail. Well, I'm sure he does. This movie's like like Patrick says was like favorite mob movie of all time. So I'm sure he nails it somewhere or another. (laughs) But I'm really hoping what I want to see in this film is like almost like a dichotomy between like I am getting all the things I thought. And not so much as coming at a cost, but just that there's like a lot of other shit that you kind of have to do. And like there's responsibility. Like it's almost like I kind of want this movie to almost just play like, uh, uh, you know, like a coming of age story where you're just like, I have to get the res- I have the responsibility. I have all these extra responsibilities. And in order to get the thing I want in the life I want, I have to do more work. And it's just like that, but gritty and in the mob. Like that's kind of what I want to see. And I don't want it to be cheesy as fuck, but that's kind of what I feel like is going to happen. And I think there's going to be some like the decisions he makes are going to be based kind of on like either his friends or again, I'm basing this all on community a little bit. So it's like I think like his friends are going to be part of this. Like, oh, let me promote. Let me, oh, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats and it's just going to be bad mistakes because the friends are just shitty and not really trustworthy and stuff like that. And, you know, you separate business from pleasure type deal. You know, I think that's where this movie's gonna kind of hang around in. 
Every word of what you just said was wrong! Edgar Wright has paid a homage to this movie in Hot Fuzz. I could say that. Oh, whoa, now this is changing my whole perspective. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I hope to God. It's just that every time someone says, hey man, it's for the greater good, all the other monsters <laughs> in the room just go, the greater good. <laughs> no, thankfully it's not. God thankfully damn it. it's not. <laughs> I think you guys will find it unexpected. No, that's good. From what, what you've told me, I think it'll, it'll surprise you at parts. I'm really hoping so. I feel like Scorsese, like even like The Wolf of Wall Street, as long as that movie was, I don't, it's been a long time since I've watched it, but I don't ever remember being like bored. No, it, yeah, it definitely like took unexpected like turns. And it slowed down. Like I think yeah. if there's something from the like bits I've seen in Scors- of Scorsese's work and stuff and things I've read and heard and all this other stuff, it's just like he paces stuff well. If the man was an author... It'd be, you know, we're talking like Order of the Phoenix level thick, but it's paced well enough to where you want to keep going. You're not like in the middle and you're like, oh, how many pages do I have left? What the fuck? Weirdly like uh, Justice League, Snyder, the Snyder Cut. The yeah, the pacing I think is very well done. So it, um, I never got bored with it the first time. I never got bored with it for the 20th time. I don't know. So Nice. Well, yeah. Do you have any other nuggets of, of uh, knowledge before we jump into this film? There's a lot of famous scenes you guys will recognize once the dialogue starts. Okay. From other movies and other skits, yeah. I can call them. So yeah, like Simpsons, so. ga- Simpsons gags, right? Like Simpsons t- stuff, stuff will like come that. through. Maybe some SNL stuff. Okay. Okay. Uh, couple other movies, yeah. Hi, Caramba! Well, if we are all ready, then please give us a few moments of your time while we go and spend 146 moments of ours <laughs> as we go and watch Goodfellas. So we watched Goodfellas. Um, general poll of the room. How was the experience for everybody? I thought it was good. Um, like, I really like the narration. And I'll talk <laughs> more about that. <laughs> but I think for some parts it did, especially towards the end, I felt like it was dragging. Like, I was waiting for something, you know, bad to happen, obviously. And we can get more into it. But... It never came until, okay, there it is. But it, it's just like that delayed like gratification, I guess, mm-hmm. that, you know, I was expecting. I was just like, yeah, something bad is going to happen. You know, like, you know, they're selling drugs. He's getting like really skeevy yeah. looking. Yeah. And I'm just like, there's going to be a point where like, you know, it all breaks or it all comes down. So I think that was like the only thing that was kind of like, mm, like, I wish like they would have sped it up more. But otherwise, I thought that everybody's performances were, like, really good. 
Yeah. As you guys know, this is one of my favorite movies and my favorite mobster movie by far slash mafia movie. Um, so there's no bias yeah. whatsoever in his review. <laughs> I love everyone's role in it. Um, they, I mean, I don't like Lorraine Bracco as an actress and she played it to the part because she's supposed to be the annoying wife that's always suspicious of her husband and get into what she gets into with him. Um, but I, I, I liked it. I mean, Ray Liotta is one and only great role, I guess we could say. Yeah. Uh, I don't. There's nothing else that is memorable, in my opinion. Wild Hogs. Yeah, but that's, you know, top five for me. Yeah, I hate to be, like, the contrarian in the room. Like, <laughs> I feel like usually I'm, like, the one who likes it the most, or, or, or I'm just in agreement. But this movie, I think it just hit me in, like, all the just-not-right ways. Like, I have to say, and we'll just go ahead and kick off with it here on my list of five things I've cocked up. With number two, it's the narration-style mob movie, which I inherently have no problem with. I think it's kind of cool up until the end, and we'll talk about that in a couple minutes probably, but I just don't... I don't know. The minute Ray Liotta started talking, it just didn't sound right to me. Like, it, it came off very, like, like I don't feel like you, you're not someone I want to listen to talk, I think was kind of what it was, was I was like, I don't feel like I'm listening to, like, like, I don't know, I think of something like, shit, I don't know, How I Met Your Mother, for example, where it's, like, Bob Saget narrating the show, and it's like, I'm fine listening to Bob Saget talk over the guy who plays the main character. But, like, with this, I was like, I don't know if I really want to, like, hear Ray Liotta talking. I feel like it would be almost more interesting to get someone older to have done it to kind of complete that, like, time deal we're working with here. It's, a like, a stupid... I know it's a stupid, silly gripe, but it's just, like, I don't know. It's just, like, it hit me wrong from the first... It, like, came off on the wrong foot, and it sort of set this funky tone for the rest of the movie. Otherwise, like, I think it was fine. I think maybe I had it a little overhyped just from everything I've heard about this movie. I also totally conflated it with the film Casino because of Joe Pesci. Um, I thought that the scene in Casino where he's like digging his own grave happened, which is the only scene I think I've really seen in Casino besides I think the, besides I think the like intro kind of movement with the camera. Mm -hmm. I thought that was in this movie. So like I kept waiting for it and then spoilers alert, for uh, this film, by the way, everybody, we will be talking about the plot very in depth. But uh, when Joe Pesci gets killed, like he gets whacked kind of under that whole thing. I was like, oh, we're not doing that. That's not this movie. Like, fuck, I don't know what I'm watching anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I think it was still enjoyable. Like, it gave me a lot to digest. And I did like the wife. Like, I, I that threw me for a loop when she started narrating in the beginning. Like, I was like, what the fuck is this? What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> but I did like what they did with her character, just because it was like, she wasn't just the nagging wife. Like, she was into it. Yeah. And it kind of gave, like, a whole other depth to, like, the, I'm not just some abused, woe is me woman. She's, like, not only into it, like, she's turned on by it, but she's also, like, actually, by the end, like, in the drug shit like she's yeah. doing not just doing the drugs but she's like actually working with him kind of running the business here don't ask me about my business Kate let's kind of start back off at the beginning of this list this is a film by Martin Scorsese and it is scorsese it up 
everywhere it can. Um, so let's just kind of, I guess we're going to mostly be talking how it themes and, and, and cinematography here. Amber, did this feel kind of like other Scorsese movies you've seen or is it out of a blue or what? So it was very similar to The Wolf on Wall Street, except not as like toned down, I feel like, because in this it was just, there was like a whole bunch going on. It's a coming of age story, right? For this guy, similar to kind of Wolf on Wall Street or, you know, the rags to riches story, um, except like, you know, it's a mob story. Right. So this guy, you know, grows up and eventually like becomes a criminal. Um, but he goes from I thought it was interesting that it kind of detours from just like basically whacking people, which I love that term so much. I don't know why, but every time they said it, I just like laughed because they're just like, oh, he's going to get whacked. (laughs) I just felt like it added more lightheartedness to the conversation because instead of saying like, oh, we're going to murder that, you know, guy or whatever, they're just like, oh, he, you know, we're going to whack him. Right. Um, but going with that, like, I think, um, it was yeah it was just very similar to like what i've seen to where you're basically like following this guy and seeing like his ups and downs and i don't know why but i really like stories like that and like Mm -hmm. in this one i personally thought the narration was really good with like ray liotta because it reminded me a lot of like other movies where you have someone like narrating basically their life story and like it's very like thought-provoking I guess it just kind of like oh like you know this is like how I came to be and stuff like that so I you don't have, know you have that kind of reflection yeah going on. yeah mm-hmm. what about you Patrick well for me I do like the narration but I do see your point that I could have been an older person older sounding yeah. voice um but you gotta remember everything that happened the movie came out pretty quickly afterward if you consider That's the timeline true. um especially I don't know when the book came out because it was based on a true story. Um, yeah. I mean, the book would have had to have come out, what, by 1987? Yeah. Because like, we did a little bit of digging after the film to see, like, kind of, where are they today? And most everybody's dead. But um, I guess the the him and his wife got divorced in 1987. And um, it wasn't finalized to, like, 2002 or some weird... Yeah. We didn't look when into it too deep. He was already, deep, like, but, in a relationship with, like... Well, he's already he, married, he's not, but he got married to another person. Yeah, I don't know what the hell he does with that. Like, I don't think you can do that. Right. But I guess, you know, that that was a personal life deal. And I would assume that this book probably came on the coattails of like that divorce. Like, I need some money. I'm going to yeah. do it. Yeah. Because he did get a lot of guff for right for the book. Like, people were trying to give him shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he ended up just being like, I don't fucking care. Like, literally, he straight up just tells a reporter, I don't fucking care. Like, yeah. <laughs> what happened happened. All I could do is try to be try to do right by those people now. And like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, right. which I guess is kind of fair. But the reporter does have a point. Like, he's make, probably made a bunch of money off that book anyway. So yeah. there's that. But if you go back to Scorsese, I think this was more of a build up to Wolf on Wall Street um, oh, yeah. style because not in that movie, he doesn't break the fourth wall to the end. Yeah. You know, and Wolf of Wall Street, he did that a a good amount. Which I, like, let's just talk about that ending then now. Because that is the scene that kind of sits with me more than most other scenes in this film. Not because I thought it was, like, amazing, but because it, like, really came out of nowhere to me. Like, it didn't feel right. 
Like it should. I I totally think it's it's brilliant the way that I could see what Scorsese was doing. Scorsese was doing here, right? Like he like have Ray Liotta narrate this whole story, right? And then when it's over, like your theoretical caught up to real time part, have him talk to you. Yeah. As if okay, now you're here. It's almost like this cool merging the fourth wall instead of breaking it. Like yeah. you're you're taking it's it's as if Ferris Bueller's day off was narrated by him and then it ended where you he was like sitting in your living room saying, Yeah, so that's how my day went. Right. And I thought that was so cool, but it comes out of nowhere and it happens in the courtroom and then cuts to the suburb. And I was like, my one and only note would be make all that happen in the suburb. Yeah. And it was so strange too because it came off like one of those old commercials where something's yeah. going on and then the person slowly turns around just like you know how Dave could have avoided that accident <laughs> let's watch number. it again <laughs> yeah let's watch that or actually those videos that they show you as an employee like oh like an employee accident. training video yeah <laughs> well, everyone copied what Scorsese you know uh, yeah everyone's like damn that really worked in Goodfellas let's do that for our employee training yeah. video you've recently been hired by the Krusty Krab restaurant and this is your first official day of training boom yeah Done. but that's how it came out to me and I was like oh that's really odd like I would have you know like you said done it in a different way either have them break that fourth wall like in the suburb or mm-hmm. just be like Maybe, like, have better camera work instead of just, like, oh, straight on, and then he comes up to the camera. Like, have the camera facing right next to him, and then he kind of turns to the side and is, like, you know, starts to talk or whatever. Yeah, I like that it it just came... I feel like it was strange, because it almost felt like a huge buildup. Like, he was very, like, animated and almost aggressive when he gets out. He jumps out, he's, like, almost on a rant. Yeah. And then it kind of just ends where he's in the suburb. If I had to reshoot that, I would have just kind of ended the the court scene as it was. I would have had it do the almost identical shot where it kind of goes to the suburb partially under construction. And it starts for him on his feet where he's picking up the paper and have him just kind of continue narrating. Mm-hmm. And then as we move the camera up, I would have had him actually talking and saying the lines that he's narrating quote unquote and then he kind of turns and finishes what he was saying ends on an end note and then closes the door and the movie's over and then you get the couple cards where it's like this is where they are today is in 1990 I think that would have been so satisfying to me just to see like kind of where it actually ends be the actual end that or end it at the courtroom scene like end it there don't do the Mm -hmm. suburb at all and make it in the title cards but I don't know but yeah, I think uh, as far as my thoughts on the scorsese inging, I totally agree with you, Patrick. Like, Wolf on Wall Street feels like a more mature use of some stuff he's doing. Here. Right. Like, totally, like, a very refined yes. deal. I will say, though, like Wolf on Wall Street, this movie is pretty hefty, like, time-wise and just content-wise. But... I didn't feel it. Yeah. I wasn't like bothered. Like I wasn't like, oh, is this over yet? It just felt like it took a long time to start, especially because we double back to the beginning. I like that beginning. I like. I like the beginning, but it was like, oh, we're we're here again. Like we go. He's like, 
this was the tough part about being in the gangs. And then it's like, back in 1950, I was a kid. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine with the... With the You're probably wondering how I got here kind of type thing. That's fine. But it took a long time to get back to the car. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, we're going back to this. Like, I don't know. My brain was just like, we're not even going to fuck with anyone. They killed a guy. It's over. Who cares? And then it's like, oh, no, he's actually significant to the greater deal here, which I think is funny. And it'll kind of segue into our third thing on this list where the tagline for this movie was shooting people was no big deal because it's arguably the biggest deal in this movie. (laughs) Like, because everything that goes wrong is because they shot someone. Uh, for the most part. Oh my gosh. The guy from Home Alone, I was just like, every time he shot me, I was like, dude, stop. When Joe Pesci's on screen, I'm cringing hard. Not because I didn't like the way he was like performing or anything like that, but it's just like, I know he's going to do something fucking like pig-headed and dumb. It's yeah. so... Ah. Oh, no. What, what were your thoughts on that? Especially watching it again, like nowadays, Patrick. What were your thoughts on, on really the characters in this movie, you know? Uh, I love them more. Um... Jimmy never trusting Jimmy all the way, a hundred percent. Even though that. you know he was, you know, brought Henry and um, mm-hmm. Christ. What was uh, Pesci's character? Mickey, right? Tom. Tommy. Tommy. Why am I thinking? Well, probably another movie is yeah. in where he plays a Mickey. Um, probably Casino, <laughs> and you're doing what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where he's bringing him up, you know, showing the ropes, and even Paul, he's yeah. like, you know, towards the end, don't trust Jimmy. Don't trust Jimmy. And it's yeah. like, you've known this guy for 50 years and you still don't trust him. So I think that says a lot. I thought De Niro was fantastic. And I thought without oh, yeah. the technology they have today, his progression from being young to getting older yeah. was fantastically done. Yeah, I was, I'm always very floored when movies can pull off quality aging up. Like, none of this fucking Harry Potter 7 part 2 shit where it looks like a bunch of kids at like a fucking high school play. I'm talking like like Citizen Kane type crap where it's like that is an old man and like you're working with what you got. This is like more on that end of the spectrum. Like I, I really think one of the things that nails it is just like they introduce Robert De Niro's character Jimmy as like being like 28, 29 or some shit. And I remember looking at Amber Watch, I was like, there's no way Robert De Niro was 28, 29 to this. Or else like, he's not looking too hot for 20. Like, I don't look like that and I'm like 28, 29. I know for a fact that's not like that. But I think it's like they dye his hair. They like, you know, maybe give him a bit of makeup to make him just look ever so slightly younger so that you can digest it fine. And then as the movie goes on, you know, by the middle of the movie, we're probably at like actual age right. De Niro. And by the end, it's like, put him in a little gray, give him those little like half moon glasses mm-hmm. or whatever he's wearing. And boom, you got like an older yeah. guy. Now that was great. And it worked really well in tandem with Ray Liotta's character because he's just like, you know, falling down the coke, the coke end, right? Like he's looking more like a coke addict. Yeah. He's like thin and he looks like he hasn't slept in days. And it's just like, the way everybody subtly changes is something you don't really think about until the end, but you're, it's like they don't need to tell you when it's happening all the time. You just know it's later. Yeah. And that's totally cool. The only issue I do have with the age thing was when they first started dating and she narrated that he was 21. I'm like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. That's really hard to pass for what he looks like, you know? Yeah. But I'm going to chalk it up. Well, first off, young Ray Liotta Henry, young kid Henry 
he looked more like 21 than yeah. 18 or whatever yeah. the fuck they were trying to pass yeah. him for. Um, and on that, I'm kind of like, I, I'm just going to chalk it up to everybody smoked. So everybody just looked like shit faster <laughs> than they should. Now he's 21. Yeah, I'm 21. Wait a minute. You look like you're 30. Like, yeah. What the fuck? It's great. Uh, how old are you? I'm 12. We're like 1200. Yeah, Amber, how'd you feel about the the characters? Oh, I thought they were great. Like, especially like having that like trio was like, um, it was pretty hilarious at times. And then just seeing their interactions with like other people because at first like there was a lot, there were a lot of characters to go through. Like they were just like, oh, this is this person and this person, this person. It just like kept going down the line, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, are they even like? Do we really need to know their names? Right. But eventually we did because they all ended up getting killed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or sent to jail or something. So, but yeah, I just thought that everybody did a really fantastic job even that one guy who like kept like what was it busting their balls at the end when they oh. were doing like the drug deals and stuff maury yeah maury I think is yeah maury. yeah maury. yeah oh my gosh he was so fucking annoying and i was just like i could feel that <laughs> <laughs> throughout the movie i was just like this guy is like so freaking annoying i wouldn't even want him like near me because all he keeps asking is about the money right um, He's this sweaty, nasty, almost used car yeah. salesman type yeah. person yeah. who's just yeah. like, where's my money? Where's my money? It was my idea. Where's my money? And it's like, in the end of the day, you didn't do jack shit to get this money. You just had an idea. Yeah. So, like, I'm not going to give it to you, clearly. And I thought the the girl who played the wife, Ray Liotta's wife, I guess, I thought she did, like, a really good job because she was just, like, fucking crazy. Like, especially with the scene where she goes up to... I don't blame her, but she goes to the girlfriend's apartment and she's just like, like, I know who you are. Yeah. Just like, I was like, oh my God. And then the next scene, she's like, you know, on top of him with a gun in her hand. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> that stuff, the marriage stuff was added just the right extra bit to this to yeah. where it wasn't like annoying. Oh, he's cheating on her stuff. Like there was actually like layers to it to right. where it was like, this is affecting people. Yeah. Layers, onions have layers, and it's not just like a I never questioned what you did, I just let you do it type thing. It was like, I know exactly what you're doing, and you cheating on me is like that one extra step I'm not down for. Yeah, like you can kill all the people you want, but you're gonna be dishonorable to me. Like, oh, fuck no, like I'm gonna go storm your second apartment somewhere. Yeah, and I was almost afraid that like she was gonna be like a super like static character like she was just gonna be like oh I didn't know my husband was doing all this bad Mm -hmm. shit like you know kind of like clueless like dumb right you know woman or whatever but instead like she they actually gave her like a role to play so I was like okay that's good they give her an arc yeah Yeah. it's actually pretty crazy because she they and they do a great job with her narration because it's very like it comes out of nowhere in the beginning Mm mm-hmm but it's such an interesting case because you're getting up until this point and you're maybe like 30 minutes into this film where like Ray Liotta is the one talking, you know, the whole time. And then all of a sudden they go on a date and then it's just her talking about the date. And it's such an interesting choice because it's like he could easily be sitting there like, oh, I took this broad out and blah, 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 blah. But instead it's like, oh, like let's get a perspective of the outside looking in yeah. to this world. And I think that kind of sets up her arc as she's coming into it for the first time, not as someone who's doing the whacking and shit, 
but as somebody who's like just kind of there on the periphery and her scenes where she's talking are so like interesting to me because she's it starts where she's like all the wives are crazy and they all <laughs> yeah. do this and that and they all like hit the kids with sticks and things and I'm just like I would never do that and like of course like Scorsese and the costuming department are doing a great job because she's like insulting the way the other women look and they make her look very pretty yep. and her skin looks so smooth but then all the other women are like done up in like really gaudy makeup mm. their hair is all poofy they maybe have like blemishes here and there and like they note that and they do a nice juxtaposition in the shot where they're like she is pretty and these people are ugly and whether that's true or not doesn't matter because it's her perspective so it kind of feeds into that but then by the end of the movie she is the same as those other women yeah short of maybe hitting her kids and stuff we never see her do that right but like she's the same she's in the shit with it in fact she's probably more involved than any other wives are because she's running the drugs and she's like making the plans and scheduling shit and help working with her husband to do this whereas the other wives are just like Kind of what you said, like the dumb, like, ah, I don't know what you're going to the office for all I care, like, whatever, yeah. who cares? Um, and I thought that was just so interesting to like give her an, a character that otherwise didn't need it by any means, like, mm-hmm. give her an arc. I mean, I know it's all based on a true story, but you know, it's still really interesting to see play out. Um, I thought it was cool, and like, I was a little worried less that she would be dumb, but more that she was going to be like like the the reverse femme fatale character where like I'm the one who you cheated on so my revenge will be ratting you out right. to the cops and I was like ugh like the minute she held the gun to him I'm like oh god no like we're going here she's gonna rat him out the story just became so much more predictable like let's just hurry up and get it and it never happened you know like she was fine but it never happened which I thought was cool uh, Patrick if you had to pick one character though from this film who was your favorite who would it be since we're on the note. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy? Yeah. So Robert De Niro's character. Robert De Niro. Okay. I mean, I'm a De Niro fan, and I like how the character made his way into that crime family and yeah. was very reliable for them, and I liked his background, and I liked how he kind of planned things, and I like how he kind of whacked everyone that was involved yeah. in the uh, Air France heist at the end. Oh, yeah. The, the meat hook shit was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I... I liked De Niro. De Niro was cool. Amber, what about you? If you had to pick one character out of this film. I liked Henry out of like all of them because I thought both Jimmy and Tommy were like a bit reckless because even in the beginning, I could see that Henry was kind of like, like he had never whacked anyone before. Like Mm -hmm. he said that clearly at the beginning, like he was more kind of just like, oh, making sure like, you know, people give Polly like the money that they owe and if they don't somebody else takes care of it right. which I mean I guess that's where like Jimmy or like Tommy would come in but like I guess he was like the one person that was sort of like good like trying to get people to like you know to pay their dues basically mm-hmm. like he was always kind of like trying to you know help them out or whatever and then he always seemed to keep a level head when like other people would just especially like Tommy who would just like blow up right anytime right. like he thought somebody was making fun of him so but then like of course like towards the end I started to like really dislike him which is what you know like probably what Martin wanted 
because we'll you're flipping first, the table. First name basis. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, it's what Martin would have wanted. <laughs> but just like flipping the table, basically, like going from this really cool guy who knows everybody by like first name, and right. it's just like he's so popular, and now it's just like that guy, like he's dead, basically, to those like to Polly and to like that community. I think you highlighted something I didn't really pick up on is like the consistency of Ray Liotta's character Henry was just so spot on like no matter what terrible shit he did there was that line of like oh man someone gets killed or I have to kill somebody that's like not a cool thing right every time someone's shot in front of him someone's hurt in front of him and they show you this from point one when he's a kid his first instinct is to help them and everyone's like get him fucking out of here what are you doing get this guy off my doorstep get this guy out of my bar get him out of my car pick something you know whatever but his instinct is to like try to help it's like kind of futile because it's not they're going to die. They got shot. What are you going to do? You know, but it does really present itself nicely in this film, especially when it's like the big red flag, when uh, Jimmy's going to have him whacked in Florida. And he's like, I need you to go whack this guy in Florida for me. He's like, Jimmy's never asked me to do this ever yep. in like the whole time we knew each other. And I'm like, on that note, Jimmy's sloppy as fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was stupid, Jimmy. You should have known better. But yeah, like it, it, it's an interesting like, thread that follows this whole movie that keeps itself pretty subtle because you kind of get like for me I got really like bogged down with uh, everything else going on not really paying attention to it which is probably what Martin was (laughs) (laughs) this is supposedly one of like the most parodied mob movies kind of around Amber did you happen to notice anything like was there anything that really jumped out at you in this film where you were like oh I've seen that on insert you know, skit show or something here to where you're like, Oh, I know how this goes. I can't say I have no. And if I did, like I didn't, it didn't trigger it. it. Yeah. What about you, Patrick? Was there anything you might've noticed on this run that you're like, Oh yeah, I saw that on the Simpsons or something like that. No, I kind of knew all those um, parodies that were done because I've seen it so many times. So did you guys catch the one thing about Hot Fuzz that I mentioned? No, I couldn't no. figure it out. Fuck, no. I it was forgot. the uh, scene with the trunk because of the red lights. Remember when um, oh, they're outside town? Shit. That is oh. such a deep cut that I'm ashamed to say I didn't recognize. <laughs> Fuck, you're right. It's right in the beginning, too. This is murder. It's not. It's ketchup. Oh, yeah. man. You're right, where he's laying in there and he's like, surprise <laughs> with the ketchup. Yeah. yeah. But instead, yeah, oh, fuck. Uh, I feel so ashamed. <laughs> you should be. Hey, hush, you didn't make it. <laughs> but no, I, 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 I didn't quite notice as many, and I think that's, like, good. Like, as much as I like, like, Amber, when you and I watch, like, Citizen Kane, right? Almost that entire film, to me, though it was good, and I was able to, like, pay attention to it and enjoy it for what it was, so much of that movie was like, oh, this is a Simpsons. Oh, this is where the Simpsons got it. Oh, this is where this thing came from. Like, this is where this trope, this is where this skit, this is where this joke. It's where all of it came from. Whereas in this, short of like the mob narration thing, which, you know, you know going into it, was kind of like, I wasn't focused on it. Like, I, you guys are steadily turning my, pers- like, opinion on this movie that I ended the film with. Like... <laughs> I'm looking at it from like a more critical perspective and like a cinematic perspective and I'm like I like this movie more and more because I like what uh what Martin's doing here like I like the way it's kind of set up I like the way it paces itself with the exception I still don't like the 
the end and I still don't like the how long it takes us to get back to the car because I still feel like that's a lot and I kind of forgot we were even fucking around with the car and then how the car has, I don't know we don't need to watch the whole scene again I guess but I loved how like when they open the trunk and they see that he's not dead their first thing is like Oh, stab him. But then De Niro comes and just shoots him like a couple I know. times. And I'm like, wow, guys, like this is a little overkill. Yeah, I'm like, damn like, it, Jimmy. Well, I think that goes back to what you said, Amber, and how Leota was the level-headed and Jimmy and Tommy were reckless. Yeah. And it showed right yeah. there that they don't have the discipline to just, okay, stab him once, shoot him once type of thing, you know? Yeah. Because Tommy goes hard with that knife. Yeah, he yeah. does. He's, he's dead. The dude is dead. No matter your what fucking shine box now, motherfucker. Right? Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking mutt. You, you fucking piece of... On the note of number, of number five here, this movie was released in 1990. For me personally, it made me kind of sad. Because I don't feel like there are enough movies... First off, if you told me this movie came out in 1999, I would be like, yeah, okay. I think aside from the age of the actors, this movie does a really good job at kind of being like ageless in a way besides, you know, the film grain and stuff. But even then you could call it stylistic choice. I think this movie does a really good job of just kind of being a film that doesn't, it could be made in 1980, it could be made in 1990, it could be made in 2000. And like, I believe it because there's nothing in here that's like making me go, oh no, this is so cheesy looking. This is so weird or that's not what it looks like you know nowadays or something like that and it made me kind of sad because i'm like wow this movie is like one and done like it's goodfellas there's no goodfellas two there's no goodfellas three there's no goodfellas the reckoning like (laughs) you know i don't give a shit about what henry's you know kids are doing and neither does the movie like it's kind of nice to have this like really quality yet kind of fun movie to watch happen and then be be done you know it's not it doesn't have to be prestige piece and I think that though this one kind of ended up in that regard it doesn't have to be and it's not necessarily trying to be it just does a good job with what it has Uh, Amber what about you what did you think of the whole I guess on the vein of like when this was released compared to movies now like like you said I believed like it was you know it took place like during a certain time and like if it was released in 1990 I'm like oh yeah for sure like I think they did really like they did a good job with like the aesthetics and stuff and just making Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what it would look like back then. Yeah. How about you, Patrick? Did this jump at you, out at you as any, like, as a contemporary 2021 lad looking back at the <laughs> bygone days of yore? <laughs> I think this would have been great now. I think it would have yeah. blown movies out of the water now that people have, you know, said are fantastic and things like that. And it's because Scorsese does a great job of just his pace and then kind of the shots of each era you recognize and it doesn't need the fancy technology that movies seem to you know use today it's timeless but i mean just look at ran holy shit he built that yeah. shit yeah that's right that's <laughs> just right for the movie now that i'm thinking about it, and they didn't have that shit back then no. like i mean i guess not a maybe, great version but of it yeah not like what we have today no and i think it totally pays off it, that's another thing where it's like if you if you could you know, hack doing something like ran again today, it would be magnificent. You know, it would be incredible. And it wouldn't be if it was all green screened and shit because you could tell and yeah. it just wouldn't fit. It wouldn't sit right. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you did that Mandalorian thing that they're starting to do, it'd be palatable like that. It, it does feel a bit more immersive with that stuff. It does feel like you're kind of in a setting as opposed to a set. This is the way. 
yeah, to me, this movie really was just cool. It was like a cool little like, oh man, this is how movies kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm getting to be like all those old critics who are like, or older critics who are like, oh my God, the movies of the 70s and 80s are the greatest thing to ever happen on the face of the fucking planet. And I'm just like, the movies of the 90s were the greatest thing. Wait a minute. No, I'm starting no. to sound familiar. <laughs> but no, I think it's really cool to see something like this, that, that it's almost like this like precipice of it all kind of coming back around. Though I do think that Martin Scorsese does get more refined. And this movie kind of uh, made me a little bit more interested in seeing uh, his like Western thing that's coming out later i'm like curious about that i don't know if i'm curious enough to buy apple tv to see it but oh it's on apple tv i think it's on apple it's only TV. five bucks a month so i've been thinking about it but that's that's off topic uh <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of like, i don't know what else i'd watch yeah there's a few things tom hanks is supposed to have something coming out on apple tv too oh, okay. they're gonna say like cloud atlas 2 <laughs> <laughs> cloud atlas endgame rated r but I, yeah, I think this is his. I mean, I've seen Mean Streets, I've seen Taxi Driver. You know, I've seen a majority of his movies, but I, this mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite of his. And Casino was okay, um, yeah. so this is definitely my favorite mafia mobster movie of his. What did you guys think about the little part of Samuel L. Jackson? Fuck! I feel like that was him. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. Like skinny Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Holy shit! This would have been uh, before. Pulp Fiction too. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was yep. definitely like a when he came up and did his shit, and then like I didn't see him again. The whole rest of the time, I was like scratching my head. I was like, "Was that Samuel L. Jackson? I think that was Samuel L. Jackson." And then he gets killed, but they never show you his fucking face. Yeah, at, at that during that whole sequence, and I was like, "God damn it, was that Samuel L. Jackson or not?" And so like I googled the cast, and sure enough, there it is, Samuel L. Jackson. I'm like, could you imagine <laughs> that? It's like, it's like. Jurassic Park kind of vibes just yep. after the fact. It's like this dude is this one-off character. He like was like they label him as like a drug addict nothing character who gets killed. And then what? 1991, he gets crazy huge when Pulp Fiction comes out. Like mm-hmm. shit, man. What a wild like yeah. this was kind of cool to see like this is Sam Jackson pre Pulp Fiction and then you see Pulp Fiction and his career now and it's like oh fuck this is wild like this is nuts no that was cool yeah. I liked that I, I don't even know if you could call it a cameo but from 2021 it feels like a cameo it does feel like, like a cameo it's kind of yeah. cool um, I wonder if we'll start doing that now like are there reverse cameos in some of these films because there's plenty of movies where there's like big name actors for instance in the film Mac and Me <laughs> Jennifer Aniston is in the McDonald's musical montage <laughs> she's one of the dancers Oh, I think it's so like her weird. first credited role too, is Mac and Me. You know that big long fucking McDonald's. Yeah, I don't want to be reminded. All right, I think that'll do it then for Goodfellas. Uh, final question. As always, Patrick, we'll start with uh, the most biased person in the room, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got your out of 10, and would you suggest people watch this movie, Why or Why Not? Suggest it because, it, again, a great telling of the mafia. It doesn't focus on a bigger family focuses on a smaller family, which I think mm-hmm. it makes it better. Um, and the pacing, the time periods he does it beautifully and kind of rides what america was going through at those times um 
overall rating a 9.6. And I will Ooh. say the one thing I did not like is at the end where he shoots in that Joe Pesci scene where he's just shooting. I'm like, I don't think that was needed at the end. So that's what my thoughts are. Oh, you know, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. You're right. That was so. Weird. I was like, what are you doing? And but yeah. I don't know if it. I don't know if it was because they didn't show his character at the end like they did with Paulie and Jimmy as he's walking and talking. So maybe that's why they threw him. But I, I still didn't. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point. I completely forgot about that scene. It threw me off. It was almost like the editor accidentally spliced the film together, and you just kind of kept jumping back and forth. But Jimmy shooting the camera, and Henry just in his doorway. Yeah. You're right. That is a strange. Yeah. That is a very strange choice. That whole ending is still strange yeah. to me. Amber, though, what uh, what were you thinking? Same question. You got it out of ten. And would you suggest people watch this movie? would give it an 8.8 oh wow okay and i would suggest like people watch it it's really good um i just think like it's not as good as wolf on wall street i think that's the better film and like i think there were a lot of like things that he did right with it but then there were a lot of other things like he's refined Mm -hmm. i think in like other films that are more recent so I don't know. I don't know why I hold that against him because, like, he improved, I guess. Like, the narration, like, at the end, yeah, that kind of, like, threw me off a little bit. And then it just felt like it was dragging a bit too long to get to where we were, like, at the beginning. So, because there were times I was like, this is interesting, but it's just, like, I want to get to, like, the end and see what happens there. Like, I want to get to the climax of, like, the film. But otherwise, it was a fantastic, yeah, movie. So, I sat down in this room today (laughs) thinking, this movie was disappointing as hell, and, like, I was probably originally going to throw out, like, at most, like, a 7.5. Like, I I was just, like, really, like, sitting down here, I was just really, like, unenthused. It was fine. I can see its finer points in the realm of cinema and in the oeuvre of Martin Scorsese, or Martin, as he's been known on the show. Um, We know him personally. (laughs) um, But it was, I think you guys, like, between the two of you, you've really, like, changed my opinion on this movie. And I I know on the show, like, that's that's not necessarily something that happens a lot. Like, usually I'm just in agreement or, or in the case of, like, Kubrick films, I'm, like, all in for it, no matter what anyone says. But, like, with this, I'm very, like, you guys have made me really think about it, like, cinematically and, like, what he's doing with the plot. And I think a lot of it's very brilliant. Like, I really like, like, I'm kind of more in Amber's camp. I haven't seen a whole lot of Scorsese. I've seen most of The Departed. I've seen Wolf on Wall Street and this. I don't think I've really seen a whole lot of others. I'm aware of it. Like, I'm aware of Taxi Driver. You know, I know scenes about it and things like that. I've heard of Raging Bull and all that stuff. So it's just like, I'm aware of these movies. I'm aware of how big a deal he is. And I guess I just thought it was going to be something so much more different than it actually was. This movie to me is like a solid 8.5. Like, like it's just a solid 8.5. And I highly suggest people watch it because I feel like, and of course we'll get more into this in our next episode, which we'll talk about in a second. But I feel like this is the juxtaposition. This is what I thought it was in the initially. This is his answer to Godfather. This is like, let's see. This is almost like, you know, Henry's answer to Godfather, where it's like, oh, you guys thought that was the real world? Let me tell you about the real 
mob, you know, and they even go so far as to say that in the film. It's not like the movies where everybody's doing, you know, this and that, and it's yeah. all, right. you know, hoi polloi stuff. It's like there's a grittiness, there's a grossness, there's this nastiness to it that you got to deal with. And they show it really well because even though it is gritty and nasty and shit, they don't, the characters don't care. They're like, oh, man, like even when Jimmy rags all over Tommy for shooting Spider, he's just like, what, what the hell, man? Now you got to, someone's got to mm-hmm. dig the hole. It's like a whole, there's nothing about this kid being dead. It's all about yeah. all the steps we got to do to get yeah. rid of his fucking body. And I think it's done so well because it brings you in to where you almost don't. You're almost sitting there thinking what Jimmy's thinking. It's like, oh, fuck, how are they going to deal with this? As opposed to like, that guy is dead now. Like, he was here and he's gone. You don't have that kind of crisis. But yeah, I think uh, this movie's a solid 8.5 for me. Um, And the, the main reason it's bringing it down is just I don't like how long it took to get us back to the beginning. I have no problem with the record scratch. You're probably wondering how I'm here. Intro. That's fine. I do like it in this movie a lot. But it kind of almost felt like... like I think when we start dealing with like, oh, me going on dates and shit, and then after that, we're like back to the car, I'm kind of like, there's a lot of filler here I didn't need. Like, we could have moved some shit around. Maybe. I mean, I don't know how it went in the book. But, Yeah. Like, that's probably that. And then, of course, the ending. The Joe Pesci shots are strange because it wasn't like Henry got killed or whacked or something. It was just kind of like... And and he's dead. Tommy's dead. So it's not like he's going to come kill him. So I don't really know what those are for. And, yeah, my gripes about the the ending, kind of the ending overall with the narration, I would have done it a different way that would have maintained more or less the same thing. He's very aggressive in the court. It just seems weird. Like, it seems like it should end in the courtroom or end at the house, not both. Um, so that was kind of odd, but I could definitely see why this is parodied. I could definitely see why people like it. I see why you guys like it so much. Like it's a solid film. Um, and I, yeah, I think people should watch it, but, uh, Amber, you want to remind us what, uh, we're doing next week on the mobster may. So next week we'll be watching the Godfather part one. That's right. We will be watching the OG Godfather, which Patrick will be coming back as he is with the rest of this month for our first foray into probably what is considered for sure, critically, one of the greatest films of all time, at least in most top 25 lists anyway, Um, and sort of the mobster movie that really set the tone for this to come out and later ones following it. Until then, I am one of your hosts, Thomas. I'm Amber. And I'm Patrick. And this is So What Happens Next. We'll see you guys next week. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You shit-kicking, stinky, horseman-horse-smelling motherfucker, you! So say goodnight to the bad guy! You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I'm gonna make him an offer, Captain. Carry that stink of the streets with you the rest of your life. I like the stink of the streets. It makes me feel good. I like the smell of it. It opens up my lungs. I want you to get this fuck where he breathes. I want you to find this Nancy boy, Elliot Ness. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his house burnt to the ground. I want to go to the middle of the night. I want to piss on his edge. Say hello to my little friend.